by the time you hear this podcast, you'll be saying, peace up, A-Town down? Break! Jacking hammers and bows, back to the mackin' and jacking the clothes. Adolescents packing a foe. A knock on the door. Who is it? I would happen to know the one with the flow. Who did it? It was me, I suppose. Jay-Z in the rolls and looters in the cut supreme. Skating down old Nat, got tucked and lean. I split your spleen. As a matter of fact, I split your team. No blood on the sneaks, gotta keep it so my kicks is clean. I get the cream. Cops see me flick my beans. I'm allergic to doc prescribed and a histamines. Oink, oink, pig, pig, do away with the pork. Only silver, I need a steak knife and a fork. Did you forget your fucking manners? I'm Bruce with banners. Ludacris, Johnny Rockets when I shoot the cannon. The woolly mammoth saber tooth bitch bite your tongue. I won't stop until I'm rich as the whites will come. I pull up in a black lotus. Your plaques are bogus. So I stripped them off the wall. Waiting for my cue to corner pocket eight balls. You racking them up. I'm big paper like pancakes stacking them up. In fact, I'm slapping them up. Cadillac is a truck. I can't lose with 22, bitch. That's what's up. Running in the back to fuck. Better than the Welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming and parties don't stop till eight in the morning. Welcome to Atlanta where the players play and we ride on them things like every day. Big beats hit streets, see gangsters roaming uh-huh. and parties don't stop yeah. till eight uh, in the morning. Now the party don't start till I walk in and I usually don't leave. Right. So that will give you an idea of what tonight's episode is about. A little Jermaine Dupree and Ludacris. Jermaine oh, yeah. Dupree was a rapper for a, a long time. Mm-hmm. People forget he's an artist. <laughs> I think. All right. So, welcome to. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. We're here with another episode. So soon after the last one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Thank you again to Brandon, a.k.a. Hawk Jones, for joining us on the last episode to discuss a little Taylor Riley. And that was completely unrelated to the him being on the Soul Train Awards, being in honor of the Soul Train Awards. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't I didn't <laughs> even know that he was being honored <laughs> on it. So that was a total coincidence. Mm-hmm. Um, but a good one. And um, that got me thinking, though. Is Soul Train just the awards now? Because I swear the show is not on the air anymore. Uh, I mean, if it's coming on, it's not on a channel that I have. <laughs> the last time I, I saw like Soul Train, I think it was. Now I have to look it up because I'm. I was Shamar Moore hosting? Is that Shamar the last time? Moore was hosting it. Yeah, and and it was right before like Don Cornelius died or something. Yeah, I don't think it comes on anymore. And if it does, um, it's not coming on here, which is surprising because we're such a black city. Okay. <laughs> All right. It um. Let's see. It has been off the air until uh, uh, it has been off the air since two thousand six. Okay. So, <clears throat> so I was right around the time we. Yeah. Jamar Moore was not even the last host. Who was the it? The last host was Dorian Gregory, 
who is most known for playing Daryl Morris on the show Charmed, which I did not watch. Me either. Charmed. That had Alyssa Milano and... And Shannon Doherty. Doherty yeah. 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 Okay. Rose McGowan was on there last couple of seasons, too. Yeah. I remember that. So, yeah. Uh, but they still have an awards. <laughs> yeah. That's... Well, I mean... And I'm like, is there a Soul Train magazine? Um... Just a Soul Train brand, basically. I'm su- honestly, I'm surprised it's still a making the award show. B people are still watching it, and C the people being honored are still showing up. Like that's a little surprising. Well, I think maybe there's this. Maybe they think it's still the show is still on the air. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Somebody gets up there and says, "Like, man, I would love to to do a, a spot on Soul Train." But I guess to have there to have so you know black people us black people can have our own awards. We can't just depend on the Grammys and the American <laughs> Music Awards. Oh God, don't uh-uh. <laughs> can't stand those. We got to have our own awards sometimes, um, and it's actually the show the the award ceremony is shown on BET and Cindric. Hmm. So oh. they bought the rights to it. BET can do what they they can. Um, I, I've forgiven them because of the new edition um, miniseries <laughs> that's coming up. I've forgiven them for everything. I don't know about that. <laughs> I did see the music video they made for, um, well, kind of a music video, but I, I'd look at it as kind of a a second trailer for the miniseries. It was for the song, um, Not My Kind of Girl. Okay. I need to check out the actual trailer. So The... Um, the the music the well the video that they have which is it's it's a trailer it's it's a reenactment of the music video the mm-hmm. real music video because okay. they're wearing the same suits yeah and the same choreography and uh, and they they cut it they intercut it with scenes from the from the miniseries do they at least look like the people they're playing for the most part yeah okay. I mean it's it's not as bad as the Temptations. <laughs> <laughs> where hardly anybody looked like them. Yeah. Um uh I think Luke Luke James, he's a he's an R&B singer. I've heard a, a couple of his songs. He plays Johnny Gill and he sounds a lot like him. Okay. So there is that. So if everyone's doing their own singing then uh hmm. if they're in that range then you know it's they they at least have that. As far as looking like them um no. <laughs> it, well, well it's, it's okay. It's, yeah. it, I mean, they're, they, they, they got there, Okay. but I think it's more of the, I guess it's more of the essence thing of the, do they, can they embody the character? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's still not as bad as temptation. So at least they, <laughs> at least they have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, as we start off our show, uh, normally we have some music news, and the first thing that we'll talk about is Metallica has their sixth number one album. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I'm, I didn't know they were still making new music, honestly. Yeah. It's a very clean sounding record, um, which is funny because, I mean, you know, starting on the 80s doing thrash um, and then getting, you know, the clean records with the black album. And uh, then load or load and reload, which the Black Album still had some of um, their older thrash elements. Um, but then load and reload, and um, 
I cannot remember what comes after that. I think S&M came after that, but they kind of got accused of being sellouts around that time. And then after that, um, they go and they, they like go too far on the other end of the spectrum and they make St. Anger, <laughs> which just pisses off everybody because it sounded like it was like, it was too dirty. I mean, like you heard, like you heard mistakes and things like that. Like, all right guys, like it's, there's gotta be a happy medium. And so they found that happy medium, I think with death magnetic. And now they've just like, they've gone back and made death magnetic, but with load and reload production, like slick production, like it sounds really clean. Um, but it's like an actual, like aggressive Metallica album. So it's not bad. I highly suggest it if you like Metallica. All right. Um, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, what was the thing with, with St. Anger? I, I heard, like, I think I only heard the title track from it because they made a video at San Quentin. Yeah, yeah, it was at San Quentin. Um, I like that song. Yeah, me too. That's the other thing. I'm one of the few people who like St. So Anger. Many, like, I know, like, it sounded different because of, like, maybe the, I know, like, the, the drums that were used were a big deal. Yeah, everyone hated Lars's snare. <laughs> But I saw there was a uh, someone made a YouTube video. I don't know how this was recreated, but they took like the drums that he used mm-hmm. and put them on one of their earlier albums. It was like Master of Puppets or something. Yeah, I mean it's a loud and it, and it made it a totally it it sounded completely. It was a totally different album. Oh, yeah. with yeah. those drums. No, I mean it's and I mean honestly, I love to get like a real metal head and talk to them about it. But like in my opinion, and from what I've heard. People really hated his drums. Um, they said that the the snare was too ringy. Um, and then a lot of people hated, they started tuning down. Because at the time, of course, like, you know, new metal was still kind of popular. So it, they were it trying sounded to, new metally. Yeah. And <laughs> so they were trying to sound more like what was popular at the time rather than sticking to their roots. And there were no guitar solos on the whole record, which uh, upset a lot of people. It was just, it was very riff heavy, which I like some of the riff that, riffs that James had filled wrote on that album but apparently that's not enough people wanted solos like why isn't kirk playing solos why isn't james playing solos so those were the three main things i heard about it um and then on top of that um it was a sloppy record like there's parts in the in the um there are parts of the record you can listen to and you can hear that they should have like you cut that out in editing or you do another take and they just didn't do another take they just well just let stand there it sounds it sounds authentic it's like, no, it doesn't sound authentic. It sounds sloppy. <laughs> There's a difference. Um, so, yeah. And plus, that was around the time, too, that um, Metallica Hate was at an all-time high. Because that was the around, the, the, around the Napster. Yeah, video. Napster. And people yeah. just didn't like him. So, I, for one, love St. Anger. I don't think that Lars's double kick sounds sloppy. Some people think it sounds sloppy. I don't know. But that's a whole other topic on the fact that a lot of people think that Lars is, like, the most overrated metal drummer, like, ever. Like ever, like they don't like him. More overrated than Ringo. Well, in music, yeah, I think they hate. They hate like people really just don't like Lars. <laughs> I've read many. Well, he's had a reputation for being a jerk for. A yeah, long that time. too, even, and even before the Napster thing. Yeah, even on top of that, like not only do they think he's mediocre, he's not a very nice guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but maybe the music, despite how people may feel about yeah. Lars. <laughs> The album may still worth be be worth checking out. Yeah, they still buy the records now. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in more music news, the Grammy Hall of Fame has added some songs and albums 
to the to their class to uh, 25 new musical works mm-hmm. uh, headlining the list are Prince David Bowie Nirvana and NWA mm-hmm. so this continues the tradition of the Grammys honoring dead people yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, Prince what has been what they bring in for Prince his album sign of the times yeah well, even to throw back in there too, Elvis dead. They threw Jailhouse Rock in there. <laughs> Elvis, that Jackson, that was Jackson Five song. Yeah, Louis Armstrong. Yeah, uh, Sonny and Cher. I was like, Cher's alive, but wait, wait, yeah, Sonny's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what else have they added here? Uh, well, you mentioned Nir- the Bonnie Raitt song. Bonnie Raitt, I can't make you love me. Yeah. Uh, Nirvana smells like Teen Spirit. N.W.A. Straight Outta Compton, the the entire album. Uh, also, R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. They're still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sonny and Shares. I got you, babe. Sly and the Family Stones. Thank you for letting me be myself again. Oh, that's a good track. Uh, Elvis's Jailhouse Rock. Jackson Five's A.B.C. The Beach Boys. I get around. Billie Holiday's A Lady Sings the Blues. Mm-hmm. And David Bowie's changes and smoke on the smoke on the water by Deep Purple. Ah, oh, such a famous riff. Everyone learns how to play <laughs> their first one <laughs> guitar. It's a question. Um, so when they put, because uh, unfortunately I I don't know a ton about this process, and this is honestly the first time I've heard about them actually just having a hall of fame that they put things into. Mm-hmm. Does it go by artist or does it go by song? Well, they look at they look at both. Okay. They consider both. Uh, the requirements are that they have to be at least 25 years old okay. to be considered. So, um, Smells Like Teen Spirit is right at 25. Yeah. And, um, well, as it says, as it's described, the Grammy Hall of Fame represents all genres of music, acknowledging the diversity of musical expression for which the Academy has become renowned. Okay. That is... Uh, I got some questions about that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, they said the selected singles and album recordings are all at least 25 years old to meet requirements for selection, spanning genres. And uh, and then they have the list. And now there are 1,038 recordings in the Grammy Hall of Fame. So it's interesting that they say the um, represents all genres of music acknowledging the diversity of musical expression. But and I guess maybe it's one of those better late than never. I mean, they finally got a hip hop, you know, hip hop category um, and doing some research. I was reading up on the Stone Temple Pilots and their Grammys and like reading it, how the Grammys have kind of like waffled back and forth on like hard rock categories and metal categories. And there there's been um, like they can't get it right. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's inconsistent at yeah. best. Uh, I know, I think one of the first years that they had the a hard rock category, Metallica was in it. And this is when Metallica first started blowing up. Yeah. I think it was for the, uh, for the black album. Mm-hmm. And, and they, lost. <laughs> they lost to Jethro Tull. Yeah. Which would have been a good choice what, 30 years prior, maybe. <laughs> like 15, 15. 15. It wasn't yeah. that they're not. <laughs> that long before. But like, yeah, that that's what. So like I was reading and like they've changed. Like it used to be one thing and then they did away with the category and they renamed it something else. And now like in the 2000s, it's something else altogether. Like it's 
and it's like I think like there was a three year period where like um, uh, Lenny Kravitz dominated it or something like that. Like, it w- his was the uh, was the best, best vocal rock rock best, vocal. Yeah, best male rock performance. Yeah, and he won it four years in a row. It's crazy, <laughs> and like they just can't get like it's it's undergone. So like I don't know like, but the pop categories always there. You know, like song of the year, <laughs> always a, a pop dominated category. Um, record of the year, usually a pop, you know, dominated category. Um, and then it's like everything else, you stay in your little niche. Like you stay over there. And Bluegrass, Zydeco. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you stay where you are. Um, and we'll just, you know, we'll let the big boys, AKA, which is why I was so surprised that they let Arcade Fire win album of the year. Like what were you trying to prove there? I, yeah, I think that was a. We're trying. We're you know we're trying to prove a point, kind yeah. of, a uh, award rather than who the best. Yeah. Who the best was? Let's let's look at that. Who I think because I think I wrote a blog way back on that, thinking that um, because that was also the year that I think Esmeralda Spalding won. Esmeralda Spalding won best new artist, beating out Justin Bieber, which I didn't agree with. And to this day, I still don't agree with it. I think Justin Bieber should have won that. But hey, good he didn't because he wouldn't he wouldn't exist. Because um, that's the kiss of death. <laughs> so in Arcade Fire one, they beat out Recovery by Eminem, Need You Now by Lady Antebellum, The Fame Monster by Lady Gaga, and Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. <laughs> and it's funny because I'm just, I'm just calling for diversity, but like the two best albums in there, in my opinion, are the pop albums, are the Fame Monster. And Teenage Dream, which I know Teenage Dream didn't get the best reviews, but the Fame Monster was like was huge. Yeah. And Eminem's recovery it was big too as well. It was probably his his best album. Yeah. Well, I don't know if anyone anything would be you know the Marshall Mathers LP or the Marshall Mathers LP two, but uh, Recovery's up there as yeah. far as like how how it's really it's it deserved to be nominated. And then um, Arcade Fire comes along. And yeah. <laughs> what was Need You Now by Lady Lady Antebellum doing in there? Like, what did they have? Besides that one song? I yeah. have no idea. Uh. <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, I, you know, I stopped listening. I stopped watching CMT when I was in high school. So <laughs> they don't I show videos. They don't show they don't videos, videos anymore. No. They show reality TV, man. That's all <laughs> it's become. Yeah. Well, I stopped right on time. There's, uh, <laughs> there's another stage like Great American Country. GAC is what you have to watch. To actually see videos now everything else is just yeah so that you know i i that could be another episode i think we should probably just start the prep on that now for the next episode like grammy snubs oh that'd be good that'd grammy be good. snubs and why and yeah just like why why did they win over this because my i have one in mind for song of the year i'm not gonna say it i don't want to spoil it but oh i get heated every time i think about it <laughs> all right mm-hmm. so um also, along with the Grammys, they've been in L.A. for a while mm-hmm. uh, as far as the ceremony. Uh, so they will be moving to New York uh, in 2018. That's where they'll have the ceremony. The last time they had it in New York, 2003. And in that year, that was the year of, of Nora Jones. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's going to try to come up with an album. <laughs> <laughs> Reclaim that glory. I'm not going to lie. When she got nominated for all those Grammys, um, I I was like, this is all she's ever going to get and we're never going to hear from her again. And we kind of didn't, but not because she's not making music. Of course, she's still making a lot of good music. 
you're just not in the public spotlight. But that was a good year for her. She won, you said she won Song of the Year that year? Song of the Year, Album of the Year, Best New Artist, I think Record of the Year. Jeez. Um, not bad for Robbie Shanker's daughter. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a big year for her. Yeah. Where are they gonna? Where are they gonna have them? It's gonna be at Madison Square Garden. Okay, because they've been doing it at the Staples Center, right? Right. Okay. And um, I don't think I what from the story it looks like that they were going the next year they were going to L.A. anyway. Mm-hmm. And Michael Bloomberg, who was the mayor then, convinced them to come back after the after they did what I guess they had a contract with the Staples Center. Okay. Or with. Um, the city of Los Angeles to have it there. Hmm. Um, and then it also includes a article to where James Corden will be the host. Well, the upcoming Grammys, he'll be the host. Hmm. He is, he's doing a lot. Yeah, he is. I don't watch his show. I don't watch his late night. It's not bad. Um, I mean, of course, nowadays you have to make stuff for the YouTube, for YouTube. That's all you're doing. That's, that's why Fallon is, is yeah. doing what he's doing. And his big thing, Corden's th- big thing, if I'm thinking of the correct person, is the car drive karaoke. Car, carpool karaoke. Carpool karaoke, yeah. Which was nominated for an Emmy. Really? Like that, that, Just segment, that segment by itself. It's not bad. <laughs> the first one I saw was Stevie Wonder, <laughs> who initially sits in the driver's seat. <laughs> And then was like, after they had like have a little mini discussion about if he should drive or not, Stevie was like, "Yeah, I probably shouldn't drive." <laughs> and gets out. So yeah, I thought that's pretty clever. Um, the one, the only one I've seen is uh, Adele. Okay. In which she raps Nicki Minaj's verse on Monster, what? which apparently is the, um, which may be the new way to for white girls to prove that they like hip hop. <laughs> Is to rap that particular verse because I think the the girl who's on the show Stranger Things mm-hmm. she did that same thing on one of these late night shows too. Oh my god! And I feel like there's a YouTube video of Michelle Trachtenberg doing that too. Harriet the Spy, no. <laughs> so, um, white actresses, um, do you want to get on a late night show and you haven't been on in a while? Practice Nicki Minaj's verse <laughs> on Monster. So when the new Whatever Emma Watson's doing comes out. Yeah. British accent and all. She's yeah. going to get on there and rap it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, one thing that uh, Ben brought up before we started recording is that Time Magazine <laughs> released their top 10 worst songs of 2016. While everyone's doing their best of. Time gives the finger. <laughs> so we'll go 10 to 1. And I will let you know if we've heard the song or not. And if we could add anything on why it might actually be terrible. See, n- n- number 10, I'm actually kind of upset about because I really like this song. <laughs> oh, God. You got the list in front of you right there? Um, I'm trying to scroll all the way back. Just, you go ahead and start with number 10. Well, yeah, I don't have the list up yet, but I, I remember okay. it's number 10 is Seven Years by Lucas Graham. Okay, yes. I love that song, and I don't know why. I mean, I know a lot of people, don't get me wrong, I know a lot of people who don't like that song and, and think it's really annoying and trite, but I really like it. I don't know. Like, it's, I like songs that try to tell a story, and it tried to tell a story, you know? Even if it was a cheesy story, you know? I, I, I've, the only line of the song I know is, 
ever since I was seven years old. I don't even know if that if that's the no, right once the I was seven line. years old. Once I was seven years old, that's the only part of the song I know. I don't know what happened to him when he was seven. I don't know if he got toys. <laughs> I don't know if he got beat up. I don't. I don't know. It's a pretty cool song. I'm not gonna lie. Like, there's no real hook to it. It's just so catchy that you remember that once I was seven years old. And then, like, it never repeats really anything else. It, like, it might say that once again at the end, but, like, I don't know. It's a pretty, is it clever, catchy, you know? I like it. Yeah. All right. Number nine is Private Show by Britney Spears from her most recent album. Uh, I've never I've never heard this. I haven't even listened to that album at yeah, all. It's not very good. I mean, I'm not going to say I've listened to the whole thing. I heard the g Easy track that she had. Um... Mediocre at best. Um, I don't know. Like, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's full of slow pop. I mean, it's just not very, I don't know. Like, it's like Pop's version of, you know, Chopped and Screwed. Like, I just didn't really like it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, number eight is No by Megan Trainer. Which someone should have said that to her. This song is No. When she, when she wanted to make this, <laughs> they should be like, no. You can't, you can't make this. Megan Trainer had too much. She had too much power over her album, too much creative control, which artists, you typically want to fight for that, but like, no. And she, there are claims that she used a black scent on the song. How? What? Uh, I, I don't know. What is a black scent? To talk ghetto. A noteworthy like example. Like an African American. Oh God. Who has been stereotyped to be impoverished and uneducated. I, I didn't. I've heard this song many a time. I don't. I, no. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you call a black scent singing in a soulful voice, then everyone's using black scent. Adele and and Duffy and it's everybody. Just Michael McDonald, black scent. Yeah. Let me tell you. Um. Okay. I have the spinning beach ball for some reason. So what is number seven? I hate you. I love you by Nash, featuring Ali Mears. It looks like. I'm not familiar with this song. Nor am I. Um, but maybe it's probably just cheesy. Actually, no, not Ali Mir, Sorry, Olivia Bryan. Excuse me. Okay. Um, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. All right. Um, number seven. Oh, that was number seven. Oh, that's uh, six. Number six is uh, I Took a Pill in Ibiza, which I wouldn't consider annoying. Um, I think the... <laughs> Probably the first two lines, <laughs> like to show if each was cool. Had <laughs> <laughs> a name drop. Um, All right, so this is interesting. Yeah. So I didn't realize the version that I heard was the original version. The um, originally conceived as a folksy pop song in the vein of, in the vein of Jason Mraz. Yeah, the the album his album is acoustic. It's mostly acoustic, that. but because of what his first album was. Yeah. They had to make a an, a an EDM remix. So that's interesting. So I wonder why he didn't just stick with the. I mean, like most people I know don't like the acoustic version. I love it. I still listen to it. I don't think it's annoying. But the the electric version, elect the EDM version. Excuse me. I don't want to sound old. Um, I didn't really care for. It's just a because it's such a. It was such a drastic change from his first album. Yeah. To to this mm -hmm. that okay we gotta we gotta ease the fans into this <laughs> because it's. It the albums are could be could not be more different. Oh no, yeah, because I heard those and I was like, oh, he just I thought he did that after the fact, but that's interesting. Number yeah. five, "Bad Things" by Machine Gun Kelly, featuring Camila Cabello from Fifth Harmony. Mm -hmm. 
It's so funny. I didn't know he was still around. I didn't. I had no Machine clue. Kelly? Yeah, I thought he had just stopped. I never listened to him. The only time I really saw him was on an episode of Catfish and the movie Beyond the Lights. Hmm. Yeah, I. Um, I don't know anything else about him really. I inadvertently heard him on an, on some version of Two K, Till I Die was on there, and I thought it went really hard. And then I found out it was Machine Gun Kelly, <laughs> repping Cleveland. Um, yeah. And uh, it's it's this song is best known, I guess, for sampling the song. Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. Out of my out mind. Of my, out of out my, my head. head. Yeah, out of my head by Fastball. by Fastball. Yeah. Uh, they're on my VH1 All Stars list. I like Fastball. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's over that. Number four. Um, I kind of like this. I kind of like this version, but a lot of people just hated it. But I, I think there like was <laughs> a lot of people hated a lot of things about Ghostbusters, about the movie and the soundtrack. I still have so, not seen the movie. Have you seen the movie? I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, oh, because I'm I don't go to the movies anymore, really. But, <laughs> um, a lot of people they they didn't like the movie because it was an all it was the, you know the the characters are all female, female. Mm-hmm. and then they didn't like who the females were in it. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so the soundtrack is going to be, I don't know. I guess people had a lot of high expectations I don't or, know why. or, or <laughs> they thought it was going to be exactly the same. Yeah. Um, so the fallout boy, uh, ghostbusters parentheses, I'm, I'm not, not afraid. Yeah. So it was, it's, I mean, it's the same lyrics pretty much. Uh, they added some different background vocals i guess <laughs> well on there though there's also in addition to this there's like an actual re there's actual cover of ray parker jr's version too so i didn't know why they did both like it seemed weird to me yeah yeah i don't know uh it also features missy elliott did the did the 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 straight cover mm-hmm. have missy elliott no th- they didn't do it someone else did it oh yeah i can't, I can't remember who because I thought this was supposed to be that. And then I heard the actual soundtrack version. I was like, oh, so what, 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 what's going on? <laughs> who what, Who was the other artist? I do not remember. So I, I think I listened to for like a we minute. We know Fallout Boy. We don't know who the other person no. was. I know Five Seconds of Summer was on there. They did a song. It was. A, I mean, not, I didn't really, I wasn't really blown away by anything on the soundtrack. Uh, was a cover of Bobby Brown's On Our Own on there? No, it should have been. No, wait for the reboot sequel. Yeah, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be on the sequel. Gonna have that. Yeah. But They'll it's probably get, gonna be by like The weekend or something. Maybe. It's I was gonna, gonna say slow. Panic at the Disco, but yeah, that's, I can hear that too. It's gonna be slow and... Depressing. It's gonna include like drug references and sex with supermodels. <laughs> um, number three is Teen by Iggy Azalea. I just listened to the song right before we started recording. And uh, I mean, Iggy Azalea is mm. she's has she can you say jump the shark in music? But there has to be a moment when she jumped the shark, yeah. Like, when when was that? Well, I don't know, I guess maybe fell off a cliff because he didn't really, <laughs> I don't know. Like, you could say she jumped the shark when she uh, <laughs> I saw everyone's seen that clip of her doing a live concert, I don't know if it was at a festival or something. But she just starts, quote unquote, freestyling. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. And then it turns out she was totally ripping off uh, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, I don't know if he was I don't know if he was freestyling, too. I know he used a Childish Gambino track. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it was either a freestyle or something off of off of a mixtape or something, but it was like word for word. Whoa. Okay. But she was like she was she had she was doing it a cappella. Mm-hmm. And so she was she was trying to go really fast. So no one could understand. So her. no one could really understand. Iggy, no. And then someone someone like broke it down, like, wait, that is Yeah. Mm. That it was Kendrick Lamar. And so I made a video of like Yep, this section. Yep, there it is, word for word. And all those young girls from New Zealand (laughs) thought that she had some credence. (laughs) Oh, that's sad. Um, Number two is uh, Mom by Megan Trainor. Boo. Um, (laughs) Her second entry on here. Like, you said they must not like her. They don't like Megan Trainor. Time Magazine does not like Megan Trainor. Um, she is the she is the the most harmless pop star in the world, but like we we tried to listen to the song before we started recording. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she rhymes "mom" with "the bomb," and it was over. and we had to stop it yeah. right there. <laughs> we had to stop it right there. Um, so yeah, and I don't think this was a single. This oh, was I, not a single. Oh, it wasn't. But it had to be, you know. It had to be bad enough to where, like, look, yeah. this is the dumbest song. It had to be extra bad. Well, actually, they... the second dumbest song of the year. Yeah, they hated on. Um, they hated on Justin, man. They hated on him. <laughs> Number one, "Can't Stop the Feeling" by Justin Timberlake for the animated movie. Is it out yet? Is Trolls out? I don't. Know. I don't know. I don't go to the movies anymore. Yeah. I don't know. But it's for the movie Trolls. He's gonna be nominated for a Golden Globe, an Oscar. Was he in the movie? Yeah, he's he's in the movie. I, I mean, he's going to be nominated for a Golden Globe for this song. Oh, you think so? Huh. Yeah. I, the difference between the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards, to me, the Golden Globes will most likely pick what is popular. Okay. They'll and as far as even with the actors, they'll pick who is in the popular movies. Okay. And and then who's the, the critically acclaimed from studios pushing like we want this person to be nominated? You know mm-hmm. that's there there are a lot of politics involved with it. Okay. As far as at least getting nominated, yeah, because it's a pop song from a big pop artist, and it's the first new material he's come out with in a like three four years. Yeah. He's gonna be nominated for Golden Globe and Oscar, probably not. Yeah, not this song. Um, if he does, well, you know. It, the songs are going to come from animated movies. I mean, I think the Academy is always looking for uh, popular songs from animated movies that mm-hmm. they can possibly nominate. So it may get nominated for an Oscar, but I will bet the house on a Golden Globe. Well, you know, it's hard out here for a pimp did win an Oscar, so can't put anything past. <laughs> yeah, well, they probably thought that... Uh, they probably thought Terrence Howard wrote the song. And I'm like, yeah, let's nominate this. All right, who who was, yeah, and it's already been turned in, the yeah. form to, for the nomination. Okay, who wrote it? All right. Who's um, Juicy J? Who's Juicy J? <laughs> who, is, who is Fraser Boy? Who did he play in the movie? Who did? <laughs> Wait, DJ Paul, is that Terrence Howard's rap name? <laughs> Three Six Mafia? Is that the devil? Like, is that the <laughs> They're they're Italian <laughs> and devil worshippers. They're black. Oh no, 
I don't know if I, I want them on the show. I, I think we've made a mistake. <laughs> it's well, too we, late. We should give them an award just so that no one says anything about racism or. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, Oscar winner Juicy J. <laughs> you gotta say it. Oscar winner DJ Ball. You gotta say it. Uh, all right. So that concludes the list on the top ten worst songs of 2016 according to Time Magazine. Um, I feel like we yeah. We, I mentioned the weekend before. I think he's going to do the Bobby Brown's cover. He's mm-hmm. going to do a, a cover of Bobby Brown's on our own for Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> you heard it here first. Um, he uh, he has set a record for the most Spotify dream, streams in a single day. Yeah. And uh, it is, well, with the release of uh, Starboy, mm-hmm. which dropped, officially dropped yesterday. I thought I drove a Monday, but I it came out Friday according to I don't it's know. been on Spotify forever. <laughs> well, there, he had, he released like four four singles, but yeah. then the album the the whole the rest of the album dropped on like Friday last Friday because we because we mentioned on the last episode. Oh yeah yeah okay I do remember that. Yeah. I don't know I I don't know what Double XL magazine is doing over here because um, <laughs> this is from them, but um, Spotify did not release the exact number of streams that broke the record nor who had the previous record. However, musically, um, musically.com. I I think so. Yeah. Is this the app? No music ally. Excuse me. Oh, see, I've never heard of it. That's why I said it that way. (laughs) Um, they said that, uh, it's approximately 32.8 million streams. It for the day, like it may, he may average about 32.8 million streams a day. He's making that money. <laughs> He's making that money. <laughs> I feel like it's a lot of... Uh, I'm trying to think, who, who's the demographic that will be streaming his album on repeat all day? A lot of people. A lot of, I've encountered, since he went pop, I, he has a very varied fan base right now. Because he's still got his old fans um, who, you know, who listen to... Um, can I think of the name of his first album <laughs> when he uh, was making records with Drake? Um, not on, well, he had, he had that song on Thank Me, not Thank Me Later, but um, um, now I'm drawing a blank. As here. far as his, as far as his album, okay, this is his third, this is his third official True. release, yeah, because it had a mixtape. But if you count his mixtapes, this is the sixth one, okay. So, yeah, he still got some of those fans, and then of course, when he dropped, um, I Can't Feel My Face. Like he got a whole new like people who had never heard of the weekend were listening to the weekend, and myself and a few other people found my, ourselves going like, "This is really happy." Like, of course, there's still tons of drug references in the song. And who produced that? Who, who produced, produced it? I can't feel my face. Was it Max Martin? Yes. Shut up for real. This is Max Martin. Oh God, you, you do your thing, Max. Um, <laughs> if it wasn't Max Martin, it was Doctor Luke. But I'm pretty sure it was Max. It was Martin. one of those. It was from from his camp. <laughs> But so that's yeah. So like a whole slew of people yeah. started listening to him. Uh, it was Max Martin after that, <laughs> after that, and he got a whole new fan base. And so like, but all of us are like, this is really happy. And then you know when I read, I was like, oh, it's about heroin. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought it was about cocaine. Or cocaine. One of those two drugs. It was, I think it was about cocaine. Yeah, he can't feel his face when he's high, and he's really really high. So <laughs> yeah, and then of course with um the hills. Now, now I got it. Now now I have to look up. Was I can't feel my face on Kids Bop? 
I feel like it I was. think it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then if you listen to the Hills, like that was that's classic The Weekend. Yeah. Like it was slow, kind of applauding with like um, a really distorted bass line. Like, yeah. That that's that's a throwback to Wicked Games <laughs> Weekend. Yeah. Um, as a matter of fact, I think when I heard yeah. the Hills, I was like, "Oh, y'all listening to Old Weekend? I haven't heard this track." And then I found out <laughs> it was on the new album. I was like, "Oh, okay." Okay, I don't see anything with Kids Pop yet. That'd be hilarious if it was. Kids Pop has has it's been questionable. Yeah, uh, <laughs> recently. Um, let's see. Is there any other? Okay. Well, the last thing that will it's kind of a, a sad note for all the all the hipster girls that live in LA and New York City. <laughs> Lana Del Rey's Born to Die album leaves the Billboard Hot 200 after 251 weeks. That is uh, almost five years. Yeah. I think six weeks short of no. Yeah. Six weeks short of Five years. Yeah. Ninth longest consecutive. Or nine weeks short. Yeah. Something like that. But. It's a long time. Yeah. <laughs> for one record. She'd been eating off that record for a while. And, and she honestly, came out with another one. Yeah. Like in the. In, Within in, that time frame. That time frame. <laughs> no, Born to Die is a really good record. That's That was my introduction to Lana Del Rey. Well, actually, no, I take that back. You introduced me to Lana Del Rey. You played video games for me. I play a matchup of video games with. Bruno Mars. No, this was at um at the old my old apartment in Marietta. You came over. I don't think you knew who she was either yet though. Like we were just going through YouTube and just listening to videos. Oh yeah, because I think um I had heard games. the song from uh I got it was a free download on iTunes oh, okay. at the time. And the vi- I remember thinking that this is a weird video. <laughs> this is a very weird video. And she looked weird singing in the video. Um but yeah, I started listening to it. It's a really I mean, if you like down tempo trip hop style music, then it's really good. If you if you like Nancy Sinatra's music, but you also like trip hop, mm-hmm. then yeah. You, then yeah, Lana Del Rey may be the artist for you. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, that's uh, yeah. I don't know what the record is for the longest like charting album. I think it. I really want to think it's "Dark Side of the Moon" by Pink Floyd, but I have to, I have to fact check that. I feel like "Dark Side of the Moon" is still on the charts. Right so it's, now. Probably it's one is. of those albums that's still on there. Yeah, some crazy um, Pink Floyd fans just go and buy it <laughs> every week. He's got the money too, so he just goes out. It's like, oh, got to go. Uh, the Lana Del Rey album dropped off. Her fans started slipping. We can't slip, Pink Floyd fans. <laughs> we can't slip. Let me see if I can find Dark Side of the Moon. So, um, while Ben looks for that, uh, i trying to see if we had any. Oh, one more piece of news. One more piece of music news. Another, out, another uh, YouTube video has surpassed a, a billion views. Well, another music video has surpassed a billion views on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that is This Is What You Came For by Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris. No, it's the other way around. Calvin Harris, Harris featuring, featuring Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah. It's going to be on his album. But uh, 
the the video to me isn't that interesting. I haven't seen it. I didn't even know there was. It's one. like Rihanna in a in a box, and it, there's projections on it. And then at the end, the the box opens, and what? she's at a party. It's hmm. um, it's it's not an interesting video. But I think because it was Rihanna and Calvin Harris making yeah. magic again, um, that's what made it. I guess people want to watch it and continue to watch it. It's a billion times, <laughs> a billion times. It's not a very interesting video to me. I think it, it was something done to where um, they recorded the song probably like months ago mm-hmm. month or months before. And then someone called her, Hey Rihanna, we're going to make a video for that song that you did with Calvin <laughs> a few months ago. While she was probably working <laughs> on anti. <laughs> Like what? What song? I don't. She doesn't even remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Had to reread the lyrics so she could remember lip sync them for the video. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's going to do it for our music news segment. Uh, if you have any music news that you want to share with us that we could put in our next episode, you can definitely uh, send it to us on our Facebook page, facebook.com/slash. By the time you hear this, or hit us up on Instagram. By the time you hear this with the letter U instead of the word U because we're urban. Exactly. And you get uh, the same spelling for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com. And we'll remind you again at the end of the episode. And we'll remind you again by putting it in the description of the episode. That way you can't forget. <laughs> you can't say you didn't know. No excuses. <laughs> so, Ben, do you have an earworm of the week? Yes, I do. It is called Speeding by Light. She's Canadian. Like I got a theme going here. I've got like I've got a few Canadian artists on this, but hmm. on this uh, playlist here. So uh, what what makes this song interesting to you? It's really catchy, I, and it's funny. Like it's the only song by her that I like. Um, I can't get anything else. I know they love her up there. They talk about her all the time. Um, and this one, I think this was another one that came on my Spotify um, discover list. And just kind of stuck out to me. I really, I really like the, um, I don't know, I just like the chorus. It's really catchy. All right. So, uh, according to Spotify, in which this song is now added to the BTT YHT Awards playlist, Lights, uh, the song is called Speeding by Lights, and it's from the album Little Machines. And we're going to play that song, and we will be right back.
from the album Little Machines. I think she was in Atlanta recently. The one Canadian artist I like comes to Atlanta, and I don't go see her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think she may have had a show at... Uh, I feel like it was at Tabernacle. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. I speed when I listen to this song. That's dangerous. I know, I know. <laughs> it's the only song I speed. I'm, I'm kidding. I speed a lot of songs. <laughs> All right. So, if you... Um, if you were listening to the beginning of the podcast, and we hope so, to give you a clue as to what as to what our topic would be this evening, uh, I know that the songs the songs kind of like crossed out, cross faded into each other, <laughs> but they're not on the same album. Okay, um, cruising in the ATL from the uh, Outcast album Stankonia, which is. The interlude, the interludes on that album are underrated to me because they're totally like not related to each other, really. But um, <laughs> they're just funny to me. A lot of them are funny, and it crossfaded into "Welcome to Atlanta" by Jermaine Dupri and Ludacris. You said crisp. <laughs> uh, so that will. Um, that brings us to our topic this evening, which are is a a second installment of the BTTYHT because five. Why? Because, because five. five. Really? <laughs> In which we give a top five uh, list. We each compile a top five list uh, depending on what the topic is. And with this one, it's the top five artists from Atlanta, either based in Atlanta or they were born there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. We we kind of had to, we had some parameters. Okay, yeah. so um, let's just get right into the list. We do have a couple of honorable mentions. Ben, why don't you give us your first honorable mention? All right, my I kind of struggled with this one because so many of these people I like. Uh, my first honorable mention is going to be Mastodon. Um, Mastodon is a metal band from Atlanta. Um, I love them. They're really good. Um, I really like their drummer. I think he's my favorite member of the band, as you hear him coming right there. Um, but yeah, they, they're from Atlanta. Um, and yeah, I mean, let's let the music speak for itself, really. I kind of put them as an honorable mention um, because even though I like them, I don't know a ton about them. Um, other than, you know, that they play a genre called sludge metal because it's a little bit slower. Although this isn't a really good example of sludge metal. Their earlier stuff is. Um, they actually kind of changed up their genres on the Hunter, um, and they, and honestly, now that I think about, it, they kind of change up a lot. Like they had one album that was very progressive, a prog rock album. Um, I think that was Crack the Sky. Um, but yeah, but they're they're extremely important to their genre. I mean, they've been labeled as one of the best metal bands, really, of this century, um, or this, or I should say, of this century so far, of the 2000s. Like they're just they're consistently good and they're from Atlanta <laughs> alright um, I'm not familiar with Mastodon I've heard the name mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't listened to their any of their music yeah um, I mean shout out I do to like, I do like this song this is Curl of the Burl mm-hmm. shout out to Patrick Delaney who I used to work with um, actually I might tell him to listen to this because I mentioned him <laughs> um, but shout out to Patrick Delaney who is um, you know a friend of mine he's a metalhead and for the longest, he kept saying, check out Mastodon, check out Mastodon. Like, it was one of his favorite bands. And he, when The Hunter came out, he was like, you got to check it out. And, like, the idiot that I am, I didn't. 
because I'm lazy. And then um, the, this band I was in, we were playing a show at um, the Star Bar in, uh, in Little Five. And they played this record cover to cover for some reason, like just over their PA. And I was like, this is really good. Like I took my phone and, you know, sound hounded it and everything. I was like, this is really good. I gotta tell Patrick I listened to Mastodon. <laughs> and like that, the rest was history. Like they're, they're a good band. All right. But they're only number seven on your list. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> uh, number seven on my list, or honorable mention number one or two, however you want to yeah. order this, is Seven Dust. I first heard Seven Dust when I was in high school. Oh, yeah, I was jamming this last night. And uh, yeah, this is my favorite song by them, yeah. uh, Live Again. Uh, and. The one thing that it, it, it kind of hit me, I hadn't really paid attention to. Um, I hadn't like seen them before. And it was like, oh my God, <laughs> the lead singer is black. Exactly. And, and lead, he's got and he dreads. Dreadlocks. And he has dreadlocks. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> and he's from your backyard. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is one of the first songs I heard by them. And, um, I really enjoy uh, Lejean Weatherspoon's voice. Likewise, likewise. And uh, another song that they did, it wasn't, it's, it's. well, they did another version, uh, Seven Dust did, but their song Angel Sun. Which oh, was, okay, yeah. Um, Who was the singer? It was the lead singer of Snot, right? That they did the, um, yeah, they okay. Yeah, the song for. Okay. And um, uh, I really like that song, and so that's what kind of got me into Seven Dust. And um, yeah, I, I like this. It's it's and you may be able to lump it in with all the new metal going mm-hmm. on at the time, but um, I I kind of think of them a little beyond that too. Yeah, and I think with um, with the lead singer's vocals, it's it really makes them a, a it just provides a different dynamic mm-hmm. for what kind of band they are. And they're still around. I mean, they're not as yeah. big as they once were, but they're yeah. still around. And I still maintain this song should have been bigger than it was. Yeah. Um, I was looking at their... I mean, I know Spotify doesn't dictate everything mm-hmm. as far as what's popular. But in their top 10 tracks, this isn't on there. Yeah. And I was like, It didn't how? chart very high either on, the tra- on like, Billboard. Um, or even on the, 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 the rock charts. But I can tell, like, too. listening to it... It's, you can tell that it was written to be a radio hit. I mean, it yeah. has drum a drum machine in the verses, a, a huge chorus. Like it was, it was meant to be a big radio song, and just like, and I feel like this is um, animosity, right? Right. Yeah, I feel like that entire album, like this song and Xmas Day, I feel like those were meant to be hits. Like those were, like even in the video, like he's kind of he's dancing a little bit, and I don't know, man. Like that was, I was very disappointed. Like I really liked that album, I really did. All right. Um, so, the second honorable mention. What do you got? My second honorable mention is um, Sugarland. Band from it. Well, Jennifer Nettles is from Douglas, Georgia, which is ironically my father's hometown. Um, but moved to Atlanta, um, hooked up with Kristen Bush uh, while she was going to school at Agnes Scott, and formed this band, which I think is very. Uh, just a very good band. I believe they have a Grammy for song. Let me see. I think they have a Song of the Year Grammy. Um, just a really good band, very clever lyrics. Um, they're storytellers. 
Like I love this song because um, especially knowing where they're from, like I feel like this is a very autobiographical song and like it makes me think of that town when I hear it. Uh, Sugarland has a Grammy for Best Country Performance by Duo Group okay. and they were nominated for Best New Artist. Okay. Okay, Stay. Yeah, Stay is what they won the Grammy for. Um, but yeah, like every like Jennifer Nettles is such a great writer. Like her her songs are very they're very personal, um, as a lot of country songs are. But like she's writing them, so like when I hear this song, this just makes me think. Like it talks about growing up in a small town, um, and so I just yeah I love this song. Uh, she's also an actress uh, in an NBC television movie I've never seen called Dolly Parton's Code of Many Colors in which she played Dolly Parton. I was going to ask, okay, I was like, Jesus, please don't tell me she played Dolly Parton. <laughs> and uh, she will play her mother again in Dolly Parton's Christmas of Many Colors, Circle of Love. So oh, I guess goodness. that's coming out this year. <laughs> <laughs> and also another, um, the first um, artist that we mentioned that played at Eddie's Attic, a famous Atlanta venue um, known for acoustic, um, their acoustic performances. So, when we get to the other people that have played there, we'll mention them. You've, you've heard of some of the people that play there. <laughs> They're kind of a big deal. <laughs> All right. My my second uh, honorable mention is, I'm going to pronounce it the same way, Ludacris. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I think someone impersonating Mike Tyson uh, said it that way. Really? And because, is because because in the in the in the eighties, you know, every time Tyson was being interviewed, it's that seemed to be a word he used a lot was ludicrous. <laughs> so we just added a P on it. I thought that was funny. So uh Ludacris uh <laughs> featuring a uh, Ludacris featuring Shauna. I'm gonna play that song stand up. Uh I first heard Ludacris um well we probably first heard Ludacris at the same time where um what your fantasy was on the radio, mm-hmm. um, but my favorite song is "Stand Up," uh, produced by Kanye West, mm-hmm. and um, it was his first number one hit. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I think my first exposure to him actually might have been inadvertent because he was a DJ in Atlanta, right? And like, I used to listen to him on the radio, but I didn't know it was him. <laughs> like, he went by Chris Lover Lover yeah. instead of Ludacris. And so I didn't know. And then next thing I know, like, oh, yeah, he's talking about, like, like you know, this big rappers. And he's talking about, like, you know, he's selling his mixtape out of the back of his car. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's Chris Lover Lover. I'm like, word? Like, from V103? Like, <laughs> I didn't know that. Like, so that was crazy. Yeah, I'm, I am I grew up in Augusta, so I have I don't know about. Uh, <laughs> I was not familiar with Ludacris as far as being a radio personality. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, Oh, I saw this the the video for What's Your Fantasy a lot on BET, and and I really like the song Southern Hospitality. Oh, I love that song. Um, and yeah, he just kind of went from there. You know, um, someone made fun of me for yeah. calling Southern Hospitality like the quintessential Southern hip hop song. Someone made fun of me for that. I was like, it's Southern Hospitality. It's about Southern culture and life and. Like, like how, how how is it not? I don't know. <laughs> how is it not representative of of Southern hip hop? Yeah, they made fun of me. I was like, I'm sorry, it's not you know, Raheem the Dream <laughs> or Kilo Ali. Or Kilo Ali. <laughs> oh come on, people. Well, Kilo Ali's music sounds like it's from Miami rather yeah, than Atlanta. Exactly. Anyway. So uh, yeah, that's my number. Well, that's my second honorable mention. All right. So now we get into the because five. 
So Ben, number five. So number five is um, it's kind of a it's a twofer really. It's the brand new Immortals slash David Ryan Harris. Um, David Ryan Harris was the singer of the brand new Immortals, and um, the brand new Immortals are a band from Atlanta. Um, they also consisted of, if I remember correctly, um, the bass player from the Black Crows. Um, and they released one album. It was called, um, Tragic Show. And, um, I remember, and so like kind of how Greg, you know, when you noticed, um, that the lead singer of, uh, of Seven Dust was black. Um, the lead singer, David Ron Harris is also black and sings in a rock band. And he sings with a very soulful voice in a rock band. And I, the first time I heard them, I was in high school. A senior in high school, I heard Reasons Why, which isn't the song we're playing. The song we're going to be playing is um, Turn Around. We played Reasons Why on a previous episode. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, like, he sings with such a beautiful, soulful voice. And he was one of those artists that made me realize, like, oh, yeah, you know, there's a black dude with a voice like this. If done correctly, you can sing rock music. Um, and I'm also going to go out on a limb and say this is one of those albums that America was not ready for. Um, oh yeah, this came out in it was 2001. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really good album, and just like they just, I just don't think they were ready. I don't know why they weren't ready. I, I don't know, but like it's like no one I've ever met doesn't like them. <laughs> yeah, this is this is, this album is is really good. I like Ben introduced me to them um, when we were at West Georgia, and. Uh, I like that the album is very it's very well put together. I mm-hmm. like the the sound of it and everything and it was it was a little ahead of its time. I mean, I mean it's not It's not I mean if you expected Hootie and the Blowfish you're, you're not going to get that. No, you're not <laughs> not at all. Not not exactly. This guy can sing circles around Hootie and the Blowfish like it's yeah. And I don't think there's the same kind of like country appeal like Mm -hmm. Hootie and the Blowfish was closer to country and that was kind of the uh, I guess the persona or attitude kind of the way that you kind of saw Darius Rucker yeah that's why his transition to country I think was so easy yeah he tried to do R&B and and even black people were like no no Hootie no No, Hootie (laughs) Um, and I think with David Ryan Harris uh I don't think you. I don't think people would see that that Mm-mm. to where he would, um, where he would kind of have the same, or he would be looked at the same as yeah. Darius Rucker. Phenomenal showman. Um, I don't think he does anymore. But at the at the height of John Mayer's popularity, he was playing with John Mayer. Yeah. Um, playing guitar and singing backup, and me and uh, my friend Chris often joke that like. That's how we know that life's not fair. <laughs> that David Ryan Harris is backing John Mayer. <laughs> what's what, and what's interesting about this is that okay, this is this song is "Turn Around" by Baron New Immortals. Mm-hmm. David Ryan Harris has he I, I don't know if he's going to continue doing it, but he re-records his own songs a lot, yeah. a lot. So this song is on um, his album "The Bittersweet." And I feel like it's on another one I think of his it's, solo is it Solstice albums. Or it's not on Solstice. Solstice. I, I think it's on another. A, it's not on Spotify. Is it the Atlanta EP or something like that? I think it's on yeah, that one. Yeah, the Atlanta EP that he did. 
Yeah. Where it was like, it was a very stripped down version too. It was like hand claps and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dug that version. <laughs> like he's trying to like, you, you may find three or four different versions of the David Ryan Harris song yeah. and they all sound very different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, depending on which, which version you like, um, you know, you, you may be able to become interested in, in his music. Um, I think it's unfortunate that he has to, that he feels that like he has to keep doing that. Yeah. But, um, if you're in Atlanta, uh, cause <laughs> we're looking like he's going to, I know he's, he's doing a live show the day after Christmas. Yeah. Eddie's uh, Attic. At Eddie's Attic. <laughs> so if you're around, uh, you should check him out and, um, tell him we sent you. Yeah. <laughs> and then he'll say, who are they? And <laughs> I would love to meet him. I thought I didn't realize how popular he was until I saw him at Smith's old bar. Cause I was like, Oh, it'll be different Harris. No one's going to come to that show. I'll probably be able to walk right up and talk to him. Nope, it got crowded. <laughs> it got really crowded. All right. Um, my number five. Um, well, they originated in Marietta, but Marietta is Atlanta. Yeah, basically. So my number five, despite the restaurant problems they have, Gladys Knight and the <laughs> Pips. And this is, I've got to use my imagination. Mm -hmm. uh, this is my favorite song by them. Um they being from the south but they got um, they were they were they were pop and R&B and they had they had some some of their production had some of the like Motown or Philadelphia soul yeah. with it so they were they kind of um, embodied soul music uh, in, in general you know because uh, they had all the, they used all the elements and, you know, with R&B being a, with R&B being like kind of a foundation in gospel yeah. anyway, there's also that with them. And, uh, and then with their performance, you know, uh, well, that's, I found out recently, that's what PIPS stands for, Perfection in Performance. Oh, I did not know because <laughs> they wanted to be precise with the dance moves and mm -hmm. and and give full effort in performing. And hmm. you know, I definitely can respect that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and even and there was a lot of I think there were a few, quite a few TV shows or movies that purposely mispronounced them as Gladys Knight and the Pimps. <laughs> but why? <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, I, 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 have you been to have you been to the restaurant? I have not. I know a few people who have. I, have, I haven't heard bad things about it. Well, the one, um, the one on the one down the street from the Vortex in Midtown. Okay, that one closed. What? I think because they got like a thirty something. Okay, on the that inspection. One. That's pretty gross. Uh, and there is one in Lithonia. Yeah, that's the only I one. I think that one about. is still open. Okay, I think that one's still open. But the one in Midtown was still, or maybe the other way around. One of them closed because oh, they got sad. a thirty something on the inspection. Even yeah. on the re-inspection, because they tell you they're coming back. <sighs> yeah, pretty bad. I don't know what the exact problems they had. Well, when you get a 30, it's probably, like, beyond repair <laughs> at that point. <laughs> like, it's not going to get any better. So, yeah, Gladys Knight and the Pips is my number five. So now, number four, Ben. 
Number four is, and I guess they're from Stockbridge, which is basically Atlanta. I count it. Yeah. Collective Soul. Um, an awesome band featuring Ed Roland on um, lead vocals um, and uh, rhythm guitar. Um, a band that I, I loved. I loved them in high school. They don't really do much anymore. Um, I remember one of the first songs I tried to learn on guitar was Run. Was um, The one from Varsity Blues is Run. Yeah, I can learn Run. Run. Yeah. yeah. Um, I loved that song. And then just kind of going back and discovering older stuff by them. So like Shine, this song that you're hearing right now, December. Um, God, I mean, like the heavy. I remember I bought a hockey game. <laughs> um, and yes, I played hockey games. Um, in, um, I did too. In high school. And they used heavy as the opening like with all the checking and everything it was awesome like their songs are really good um and i mean i know they're popular but i feel like they could have been more popular outside of just rock music i feel like that's what they were trying to do when they did run for the varsity blues soundtrack um because run didn't sound didn't exactly sound like much else that they'd done before yeah and it was you know it charted pretty well and then i think right after that they did why part two um which I think was supposed to be a hit too, but that one just didn't do that well. And then after that, you didn't really hear much from them except for like Better Now. And like, then they just kind of started doing shows around Atlanta. Like, I think I saw, no joke, I think I saw one of the guitar players, Dean Roland, was playing at like World of Beer in Kennesaw. Like, I, I don't know what they're doing now, but like, they were really good at one point. They were very popular. I think they had like seven number one rock hits. Because um, I think the name of their greatest hits album was like Seven Year Itch, to name like each one of their hits. Um, and I just, I don't know, I really like the band. Like, I, th I think he's someone who really, I've discussed this once with a friend. Maybe we should get Chris on here to talk about this too. He was saying that um, he had a lot of respect for Ed Roland because he really knew his hits. Like, he knew which of his songs were going to be big and would, like, you know, get the label to push them, like, you know, The World I Know and, and all that stuff. So gotta respect a songwriter that can be that self-aware um well i guess like with you my introduction to them was through was on run from varsity blues mm -hmm. and um i'm trying to remember the name of the radio station in augusta that was like the rock station i want to say it was like something like 99x yeah it might have been something else i feel like that's atlanta yeah name. there's one maybe that's a popular like brand x brand or 96x something like yeah. that but um uh, December was a song that I heard a lot on that station. They played yeah. a lot of stuff, even though I started listening to um, to their station when I was in high school. So this is like 2001, 2002. Mm -hmm. They played a lot of stuff from the 90s Yeah, on that particular station. <laughs> so um, maybe they were stuck in some kind of bubble. But anyway, that was that's when I first heard of Collective Soul. <laughs> I did confuse them with Soul Asylum sometimes. Oh, they probably wouldn't like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're totally different. Okay. Uh, <laughs> my number four is TLC. Oh, yeah. TLC, um, to me, they are the, they ushered in a new, they're probably one of the most unique girl groups of all time. Mm -hmm. As far as style, as far as their, um, as far as their singing, um, kind of what they what they combined. I kind of looked at them uh, as kind of a a female answer to Belle Biv DeVoe. Mm, that is very apt. I like that. And uh, they're they weren't traditional like pop 
stars or Mm-mm. singers. No. I mean, if you hear Tion or excuse me, T Boz, very deep voice. Yeah, um, but not like Tony Braxton deep voice. Mm-mm. You know, um, and that created a different dynamic. Uh, and then you have uh, Left Eye who would who would rap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there weren't a lot of there weren't a lot of female rappers um, who were part of a group in which this was kind of the time where like yeah. R&B and hip hop were kind of crossing paths. Yeah, probably not as much, but to have a group to where you're going to have both mm-hmm. uh, that will appeal to a lot of people. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, and, and having something different. They are, and they, you know, we talked about New Jack Swing on our last episode. When it's a female artist, it was called New Jill Swing. So this is <laughs> New Jill Swing. Yeah. And, TLC. and honestly, thinking back to, so like, you know, the first record, um, Ooh on the TLC Tip, mm-hmm. and then going into this one, um, why can I think of it? Crazy Sexy Cool. Um, stark differences in styles. Like, this was like really, this was a much more mature sound very smooth whereas i remember them talking about how left eye on the first album was more in the front um especially like ain't too proud to beg um just really more in the forefront i think the only song that we really heard t-boz really sing on was baby 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 um not the justin bieber one (laughs) no no but where she you know she kind of sings lead on that and then like i guess they were like hey this t-boz shit could really be the front and then like you know on crazy sexy cool like she's singing lead on everything like and they're more so relegated to the background whereas like you know i'm trying to think like the only time that left eye is really featured is what her verse on waterfalls on that album yeah yeah she doesn't really it's more like this is t-bot like she became the beyonce so to speak like they really started marketing the group around her and like you're gonna sing backup and just be there for her and I don't know, like this is a classic album. This is actually my favorite TLC song. Like I love this, this is, song. This is this is my favorite too. I mean, like I I, I love the whole album. Yeah. But I like this because um, it had the because of you know me. I grew up listening to contemporary jazz music, mm-hmm. and it kind of just fell into that. It kind of sounded like that to me. And and since then, there have been a lot of contemporary jazz artists that play <laughs> saxophone specifically, uh, do their own instrumental version of this song. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and also written by Dallas Austin. Yeah, and uh, there'll probably be another topic we'll discuss further down the line. Mm, he's from Atlanta, right? Right. Yeah, he's. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we may we probably could do a, a because five produce r- producers from Atlanta. Yeah, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ben number three. All right, number three for me is, and some people might ask why he's not higher, is John Mayer. And I wrestled with making him three or two, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put him at three. Um, mainly I can't put him in the top two because he's not from Atlanta but he's based in Atlanta. Like he came here in 97 after washing out at Berkeley. Um, certainly not for lack of talent. The guy's an incredible guitar player um, and an incredible, and it's funny because <laughs> I used to argue with a friend of mine on if he's a good singer or not. And I think a lot of people, since he has such a low voice, 
Um, I think they say he sings in the baritone range. Um, I don't think people really realize that he is a good singer for what he, for, you know, what his vocal type and everything. Incredible writer, I think. Very disappointed with what he's done lately. He's not been very good at all. Um, but like, you know, Room for Squares, um, Heavier Things, um, the stuff he did with the John Mayer Trio and then Continuum, um, all really good stuff. And then, um, which I think was called Try This, that was the John Mayer Trio album. Yeah, yeah. And then Where the Light Is, a, a phenomenal concert video, which, you know, it's almost like you get like the three phases of John Mayer. You get him as an acoustic performer, to which in the pop music world, no one comes close to him as an acoustic performer, I think. And then the John Mayer trio, and then you bring it home just to like regular John Mayer, which he brings out his full, it's almost like a five or six piece band. And they play all of his hits, including, you know, the his latest one, which was Continuum, which like he went from like being like, you know, um, you know, straight pop rock to like, you know, heavier things, a little bit of rock music. Um, and then um, Continuum was like a blues, soul, R&B yeah. album almost like. And now he's doing folk. It's like he can, you know, and the, the John Mayer trio was a straight blues trio. Like it's almost like he can tackle any genre of music he wants. I believe that same year he came out with. um I think right before he did Continuum, he played on a Herbie Hancock album. Like, the guy is just, he wrote a song for Alicia Keys. Like, he's just really versed, well-versed as a musician and as a writer and as an artist. And deserves all the respect, um, I believe. So, I just wish he would do better stuff now. <laughs> like, I think he's, you know, he's been up in Montana too long. <laughs> Maybe he's trying to get like Phil Jackson. He's from there. Oh, God. <laughs> all right, so... Um, my number three is Ursher. <laughs> you have to pronounce it with that extra R. I tell you, I've seen Usher before. Like I, I've like seen him in person, like out in public. I did not know that. I have seen his brother, who looks like a short version of him. I saw him at a um a California pizza kitchen. I heard he goes there often. Yeah, and he's he he doesn't tip, or he gives crappy tips that's what i think bruh like the confessions with diamond like you got the money <laughs> um it was when did i see him it was my friend ariel's birthday okay um ariel if you're listening congratulations on the birth of your daughter it happened a couple weeks ago oh, or a wow. month ago i think Congrats. um it was her birthday and we went to a california pizza kitchen and he was sit. we saw him on the other side of the restaurant um, one thing I noticed is that he is he's short. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. And um, I'm not sure he, who he was there with exactly. Uh, but um, yeah, it was just kind of like, hey, is that Usher over there? Was he there with yeah. Nancy Dubois? <laughs> Who's that? From Boondocks, Tom's wife. Oh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I was going to say maybe. Well, there we can't let us just tell you, girl. <laughs> but um, uh, this is the first song I heard by Usher. And it was played on MTV. Well, it was played on BET, of course, but I saw it on MTV mm -hmm. a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, heavy rotation. And. Um, it had one. It's one of those songs to where it, it's kind of the start of where you start hearing this. Okay, you can tell me. You have a better ear for this. Is that a real guitar, a real acoustic guitar, or is that a keyboard? I don't know. I would. I'll say this much. 
since I'm able to play it on acoustic guitar, I assume it's an acoustic guitar because typically when people play something on keyboard, they don't think about the fact that there are certain things that you can do on a keyboard that you can't do on a guitar. And so some of those songs are unplayable. Whereas this song is very playable. And it sounds like, let me listen again. No, that's a keyboard, yeah. <laughs> that's a keyboard, yeah. But this song is very playable on guitar. <laughs> this was one of those songs where I started hearing that sound a lot. Yeah. Well, he even has it on um, another song in this album, right? Um, you Got It Bad. That was on 8701. That was 8701. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this was My Way, right? This was My Way, which yeah. had My Way what, on yeah, it. Yeah. But it was, I think that was on there, too. Yeah, so with, um, with um, the video I'm trying to think of with Tyrese. Yeah. Yeah. Who was the girl in the video? I don't video? know who the girl was. I just know they had a dance off. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I know that. I know it was Tyrese, and it was, it was part. Uh, I think they were combining. Orange. Yeah, it was part Clockwork Orange, part Grease, part okay. Beat It. Because he came, he showed up in like fatigues, and I was like, all right, so he's dressed like Clockwork Orange. You're dressed in fatigues. Like, where does this going on here? <laughs> like, so, and I also wonder how many of his fans got that because I, I did not get that at the time. When I was young, I didn't get that it was a clockwork orange. I didn't either. I hadn't. I had not I didn't. I didn't know what it was. Either. Yeah. Um, I just feel like that might be one like, of those. This things. is very colorful, and he has on that hat. Yeah. That, okay. Like it went over his fan oh. head. <laughs> also, if you look at the cover of My Way, mm-hmm. um, he started a trend, which I still don't understand. The do rag and ski goggles. Oh. <laughs> do rag, understandable. Ski goggles. That's the Seth Green look from um, Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> yeah. Although he didn't have the do rag though, or no. did he? Did he have? I know no, he had the goggles. He, he yeah. had the he had the ski goggles. But there are a lot of people like in non-snowing cities. Yeah, with I think LL Cool J did it too. Yeah, yeah, LL. Mm-mm-mm. So he just start, he started a disturbing trend, <laughs> and uh, number. Two for you. Gonna bring it right back. It's Usher. Usher. <laughs> Usher Raymond. Um, so the song that he's playing, funny story about this. Um, I knew a guy in high school. Um, so I guess just to give it a little bit of background, I went to a high school in a very affluent area, I guess you could call it. Um, I'm not gonna say where to protect the names of the innocent. But um just <laughs> <laughs> went to a high school in a very affluent area, um, up near a neighborhood called Country Club of the South. Which is um, where a lot of rich people live. Um, I just realized something. From where you lived to where you went to school. Oh, long way. Very long way. I just thought about that. Like, Oh, oh yeah. Um, yeah. It was a long way. Yeah. Um, so I had a friend who was, he lived in Country Club of the South. He had rich parents. But he was also known as a compulsive liar. Okay. Like he, he lied a lot. Like, And it was caught in a lot of lies. He didn't say like he knew Usher, did he? He did. Oh, boy. And so, funny enough, um, I knew him around the time that Usher, you know, was on Cribs. And um, and so, and then I also knew him around the time that this video came out. And um, I noticed, you know, for like maybe a month prior to it coming out, he was wearing this brown leather jacket. Every day. He was wearing it to school every day. And so when they premiered this video... I saw that, I was like, that jacket that Usher's wearing looks really familiar. 
where have I seen this jacket? And then I came in the next day and he was wearing it again. I was like, that's the video, that's the jacket that Usher was wearing in the You Don't Have to Call video. And he kind of starts grinning. And he's like, yeah, I was with him when he picked it out. I still don't know to this day if he was telling the truth because then he also, and now, you know, I may believe something like that, but if it was like, oh yeah, this is, this is the same jacket he gave it to Okay, me. that'd be, you gotta, the lie can't be that big. Um, but also, um, to add a little bit of air of, uh, air of authenticity to this, um, I hung out with him, um, you know, every now and then after school, like I'd have to stay late for a marching band practice or for games or whatever. We went to Usher's house. <laughs> Cause he lived in the same neighborhood, so he could get into the is a gated neighbor, neighborhood. He could get in, and he knew, and a lot of people knew Usher's brother. Um, he dated a girl that went to my school. He was at my prom. Apparently, he did not like it if you mentioned that he was Usher's brother. Like he, like they would even say like if you hung around him, don't mention anything about him being Usher's brother. Like he doesn't like that. But well, like uh, this Usher, he's Usher Raymond the Fourth. So. God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he has a son, Usher Raymond the Fifth. Oh God, so it's like that's a family name. Yeah. So he's probably tired of it. <laughs> but yeah, we went to his house and we knocked on the door and he wasn't there and we left him a note. Um, but I, I should probably say things I like about Usher. I love his vocal range. <laughs> I think he's an incredible entertainer. Um, he kills it on this song. He also kills it on Caught Up, which was on Confessions. Um, my first exposure to Usher was when I was really young. When he was young, he had that album, um, I cannot think of the name of it, but like I remember them talking about it on his Behind the Music, how it was too mature for his age. Um, well, I know he did a song on the Set It Off soundtrack, mm -hmm. and he was only like 15, yeah. maybe even younger. I think the name of the song that I heard first by him was called Can You Get With It? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, well, not that song wasn't on the Set Off soundtrack, yeah. it was another song, but... I know what song you're talking about. That was my first exposure to him, and I didn't realize that was the same person until the behind the music came out. And I was like, oh crap, like this is the same dude. Like he was he was a little kid. Like, <laughs> why was he singing about like it's only a sexual thing at like age twelve? <laughs> like Um Was that before like they um they sent him to they called it something camp to where they like sent him to live with Diddy. For a while that was around that time yeah yeah and he was like you can't have <laughs> you can't have a kid that young singing about sex it's like you think <laughs> i can't remember what they, they called it something camp it, um yeah but they that's what i mean that's what they called they just sent him to live with diddy and this is diddy out of his most decadent mm -hmm. uh <laughs> and it was also this was written by Devonte swing of and jealousy. him too. Yeah. See, so who knows what they were teaching him? Yeah, they could have ruined him, <laughs> man. We wouldn't have you. Don't have to call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah. So my number two is well, you know, we we're coming back around to it. John Mayer. Oh yeah. Uh, the song you're hearing is "Slow Dancing in a Burning Room" from Continuum. This is one of my favorite John Mayer songs, and I was telling him before we started recording, it's one of those songs where he heard that phrase, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I, I can use that. He wrote a song about it, which I feel like how a lot of songs are written uh, that have um, good analogies or, mm -hmm. or um, what's the phrase I'm turning? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, y'all know what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, 
my introduction to John Mayer was in in college, West Georgia. I don't know if it was. Um, I I don't know if it was from you or from uh, one of my um, one of my other friends that um, that was into John Mayer. It was the Room for Squares album. Yeah. And um, I liked a lot of it. Yeah. Um, I liked Why Georgia, uh, even though I have a hard time listening to Room for Squares now. Yeah, because he's so because, different. <laughs> yeah, and because of some of the songs became like the, oh, the first thing I think of is people trying to play the song and acoustic guitar and yeah. Mellow Mushroom yeah. and Gallery Row. Um, <laughs> and take know, it from a musician, the <laughs> they're not easy songs. Like, no. He's like, he's, and it's, I think it's harder for people to tell on Room for Squares how good of a musician he was, but it's easier on this album. Like, you can hear him, like, you can really hear it because he's, he's playing, he's playing blues, which is typically. Um, a highly respected genre and typically, you know, considered difficult to play or like, you know, a bit more artistic. So when you hear songs like this or you hear, I can't, you know, um, I can't stop my, I don't trust myself with loving you and other songs like that. You're like, oh man, he's really good. But like John Mayer been good. Like he's been good. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really don't have anything else to add. I think you kind of explained it all. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's one of those artists we mentioned that he got his start at Eddie's Attic. Like he that that's where yep. he first got popular. He won their open mic shootout, which for some reason I swear to God I cannot get to the second round of the open mm -hmm. mic nights when I go there. Um, I don't know. It's like it's like they don't like you if you're from Atlanta. They just want to pick the people from out of town. So maybe I'll go up there and say I'm from Memphis. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, so now we've come to number one and we have the same number one. And so we're just, I'm just going to play the song first and then we'll talk about it. All right. Oh, wait, not John Mayer. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think they've got like three or four parts to this now. Um, I don't know. Well, Cause they may have been on. I don't know. If they're not on records. Not on albums. Like they've released them. Cause there's one. I want to think it's the artist storytelling part three or four that has my favorite line of all time from Andre 3000, where he says, "They got me out here, Brett Favre, trying to see if I still got it." <laughs> and I like. <I laughs> and I'm pretty sure at one point I was annoying Kendra because, our, and Kendra's my girlfriend. I should say this. Um, I would refer to anything that people thought I couldn't do. As like, oh, okay, I'm at, I'm at the Brett Favre of this. I'm at here Brett Favre in it. They, they think I ain't got this no more. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, if you can't tell by now who this is, this is Outcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, what is, what sticks out to you about Outcast? Well, I would, and I mean, this might be a big statement to say, but I have to say this. They might be one of the most important groups ever from Atlanta. Like, ever. I, I think they're, I, I don't think that's totally outrageous. Yeah. And I would agree. I think they're the most important group. Yeah. Because, I mean, the like, I know important. some people, I don't know, some people might be like, oh, well, you know, they might not like the genre. Okay, whatever. But still, they, they've, they've, I don't know, like, they've made the biggest impact. I mean, like, at some point, it was maybe like, you know, a close race between them and Goody Mob. And then they just, psh, 
They yeah, just like blew past good They just took off. Like they had, you know, after like maybe around like Southern Play Cadillac, Southern Playlistic Cadillac music. You know, it was it was them and Goody Mob because I think Goody Mob came out with um, I cannot think of the album they came. Out. It wasn't Soul, yeah, Soul Food around that time. But then after that, like with Aquim and I, they set themselves apart. With Stankonia, they definitely set themselves apart. Then with uh, Speaker Box of Love Below, like it was like they right. just went to somewhere else. It was like an, it was a whole different stratosphere, and I feel like maybe that's where. Like there were such creative forces, and I'm not gonna lie, I used to not give um, Big Boy as much credit as I should have until I heard his solo records. Um, and really, you know, I heard when I heard Speaker Box, I was like, okay, he's he is on the level of Andre. Um, I think Andre, well, as rappers, I should say, as as rappers from a creative standpoint, I do think Andre's on another plane as far as just like and as, as an artist in general. Like, there's so much that he can do that Big Boy just can't do. Well, I think I think with them though, the the thing that that made them work together, and the reason why it's probably hard for them to work together now, mm-hmm. is because they're they're actually very different. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to blame Erica Badu for this, <laughs> is she the Yoko? Is she the Yoko here. <laughs> uh, but they are different in terms of um, subject matter mm-hmm. and style. Like where Andre was more like introspective, and mm-hmm. you know, um, Big Boy was more um, was more of a reality thing. Mm-hmm. And we're we're just letting the the song play out, and then it'll go into the next. Uh, outcast song that we had listening. Mm-hmm. So no complaints there. <laughs> um, so it they were they were uh, well yeah you know, yeah Big Boy was more like um, more real as far as like what he saw mm-hmm. and, and what and what he knows about um, and what he grew up around or anything yeah. like that. So that's what made them work together because they were different. They were offering the different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, while also being able to make a song together, yeah. And the song you hear right now is "AT Aliens." Mm-hmm. The South got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is this was my first exposure to Outcast. Um, this came out in '96. Yeah, this might have been my seventh grade. Yeah, is this sixth or seventh grade? Yeah. Um, I didn't know the name of the song for the longest time. I just do the hook. Fish and Grits and all that. Temp. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> I just do the hook, and I heard people at school singing it all the time. And um, I didn't I didn't know who, I didn't know who Outkast <laughs> was. I didn't know the name of this song, but I heard that hook a lot. It's a very catchy hook. And, um, and it's... It's 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 catchy, and um, you know when I first truly paid attention to Outkast is um, there are okay I don't want to make this like too sad of a story, but there were there were some people that I went to um, that were my same age that I went to um, a church with in Augusta, mm-hmm. and I don't we're not really it was probably like 10 of us and we're not really friends anymore oh Uh, (laughs) um, but one of them had um, Equimini and I really I really liked that I really liked Equimini and um, and then it was probably when that album came out I felt like every marching band in Augusta Played uh, <laughs> that song, and you know what song oh, I'm talking yeah. about? <laughs> Spodiote, Dopalicious. 
and if you don't know it by title just look for equipment it's on equipment yes yeah, it's, right? on, it's yeah. on equipment pull up that album and and you and, and yeah which is <laughs> you, a you, brilliant you. song who's the sleepy brown seen the hook on that or did they know him back then they knew him back because he's part of organized noise didn't yeah back then? um that song is it's beautiful like it's they're not really rapping they're it's, just talking it's a spoken word but it's like song. it's like the as a matter of fact on my drive home i'm listening to that song like i i love the oh man yeah it's so good um but yeah it seemed like every marching band at augusta played that song during mm. the football games and uh i didn't that was another song i didn't know who that was for the longest time oh, for real i was just going to football games and hearing that song like there's <laughs> that song again <laughs> and uh i didn't bother to ask anybody about it but <laughs> yeah as soon as as soon but, as rosa parks came out i was that that was that was i guess young me saying like this is this song is going to be huge like it was yeah instantly my favorite song um fun fact matt graff has this on um vinyl <laughs> yeah he'll 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 turn it on every now and then and uh listen it's cute on the barbie <laughs> just another, a good song. another great song from that album like they just yeah they're far and away so yeah i guess i don't feel weird saying it that they are the most important group out of atlanta which is known for its you know is known for its hip-hop scene hip-hop and r&b scene um and in my opinion they're kings of that scene um and i mean not only are they important just in the grand scheme of popular music they're important here and yeah. i can only imagine what more we could have gotten after speaker box love below because I, I mean i heard i know idle wild came out but yeah, like, they had the idle wild soundtrack but they were still working separately yeah you know i think they were trying to push themselves as artists and they were kind of going in different directions mm -hmm. that's why you have speaker box love below and they felt that it was too easy working together yeah so they felt you know i know you want to avoid complacency so mm -hmm. that's a risk they had to take um but i i don't know about you i'm i'm <laughs> still holding out hope for a new outcast album yeah i mean in the meantime though i mean big boys put out a couple of really good albums yeah and he has the the big grams ep which mm -hmm. i think you guys should check out um uh, which he did with fancygram uh well, I told you when I went to see Fantagram a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. he um, he came out on stage. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it was a song that they produced on his first album. They produced a couple of his songs. Okay. So, uh, so they work well together. Um, and then with and you know, so he's doing other things. Yeah. As you, you know, we just mentioned he's doing other things, and then with Andre, he'll do one. He's doing one verse a year now. Yeah. <laughs> and when he does it, though, it's like, like the world stops. Yeah. The world stops. Like I'll never forget when he guessed it on "Walk It Out," like a song that nobody cared about lyrically. Like he does the remix and was like, "Oh my god, did you walk it out like an ush? Oh my god! Oh my god, Andre! Oh my god! Like it was." Yeah, anytime he does a verse, like the world, you're right, the world, like the the hip hop world just stops, and they're just like, oh man, we forgot that Andre is like the best MC in the game. We forgot. Yeah, he he he's just coming back once a year to remind mm -hmm. people uh, about how great he is. Like he was, he's out there, Brett Favre, and they're trying to see if he still got it. <laughs> I have a feeling that, and it's kind of like, I do have the feeling sometimes that. I know Brett Favre is like 50 now. Oh, God. And he's already been inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he still might try to come out here and play. Have you seen his commercials? He's He looks like he could. Like, he's in pretty good shape. <laughs> like, he's out there working on farms and hunting and stuff. He's like, 
<laughs> yeah, he could probably come back. Um, well, I would say, who would he come back for? He probably just wants to win another championship if, if it's to come back. Play behind that Dallas line. They'll protect him. <laughs> They'll keep him upright. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for our Because 5. And uh, if you disagree with this, well, this is our list. Tough. <laughs> I mean, you can come up and, you know, let us know your own. You know, that's fine. And we could we could talk about it. Uh, well, we've already done the episode, so we don't technically have to talk about mm-hmm. it anymore. Unless we get a really, 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 really good one. Yeah. But I mean, I, I can't. I mean, uh, I don't think we are. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. Uh, but you can check out our playlist. Uh, the BTT YHT because five Atlanta on Spotify uh, searched BTT YHT and you can find our other playlists as well. Um, you know, the one that we have, you know, with songs produced by Teddy Riley, our mm-hmm. power trio, yacht rock, the bond themes, Babyface, Neptunes, um, actors who sing, sing song rappers, our first because five, which was the 90 soundtracks. So, um, you can check them all out on Spotify. Search BTTYHT and you'll find all of them because that's included in all the titles. All right. So I guess it's my turn for the earworm of the week. What'd what you say? What you got, Greg? All right. This song, um, the songs that I think all of them I've I've had on the, the We Lit playlist <laughs> at one time or another. So... Um, with this one, um, with this one, I hadn't heard this song, and I didn't know he was coming out with another project. It's uh, Timbaland. Oh, what? Really? He's back? Yeah, this song came out uh, a few months ago, actually, and it's with uh, an artist named Mila J, who I've started listening to some of her stuff, and it's pretty good. Okay. She just came out with um, she came out with an EP. Uh, a few months ago, so what in the one three? Is it in the vein of shock value or like what's he doing? Um, I, it might be in the in the vein of, of shock value. I mean, he does. I mean, it'll be him producing songs or yeah. performing on songs. So, um, it's it's that. And I think the new the new album from what I've read, it's called "The King Stays King." No, oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Um, but this uh, this song came out a few months ago, so I don't know if there's a delay with it or maybe mm-hmm. the project's not completely done. Uh, but this is called Don't Get No Better. Okay. And it is from, well, it's just a single right now. And um, we will play it once I have it queued up here. And we'll be back in just a moment.
is Don't Get No Better by Timbaland featuring Mila J. It's a single. Uh, you can check it out under Mila J or Timbaland on Spotify. It is also on our playlist for the B-T-T-Y-H-T Earworms. I like that. And uh, it should be on his upcoming project that may be called The King Stays King. I don't know if he's going to pull a Kanye and like change the title like 50 <laughs> times. Um, either way, I'm looking forward to his next project. Me too. All right, so that's going to bring us to the end of our program. Um, I know you guys are open for more. We'll have more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, um, Ben, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us? You can find us in the A. No, <laughs> Technically, yes. Oh, God. A <laughs> uh, little big boy kryptonite. Um, no, you can find us on Facebook at By the Time You Hear This. Um, spelled Y-O-U, and I'm saying that, but I haven't explained the others, so you don't get the context, but facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, you can find us on, um, Instagram at, uh, by the time you hear this with, instead of the Y-O-U with the letter U because we're, because we're urban. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take that Mark Rick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then you can also email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com with also instead of Y-O-U, U, the letter U. Um, it's code for black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> Meaning we play for Mark Rick in Miami. Yeah, the you. <laughs> if you don't watch college football, you you, you don't get any of this. Um, you can also find us on iTunes. You can find us on um. I always say the wrong one. I get uh, Podomatic and Stitcher mixed up, and it's Podomatic. Podomatic. Yeah. And the Satchel. Satchel. Yeah. Satchel podcast player, which lets you find podcasts in your area. Yes. So. Uh, recommend us to a friend if you like what you hear let us know leave a review send us an email um hell if you even don't like us send us an email <laughs> comment um we don't know we're doing poorly if you don't tell us so yeah we'll just keep we'll just keep doing this mm-hmm. I'm, i like doing it yeah i ain't gonna stop <laughs> like we'll diddy man going. can't stop won't stop <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah so um yeah, that's gonna do it for the for our episode. Um, what song should we go out with? What Atlanta related song should we go out with? I was gonna say um, "Players Ball," National Players Ball. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I was looking for that earlier today. I like the I like the. Is it pronounced reprise or reprise? Um, yeah, I've heard it pronounced both ways. I wanted that one because I like the piano riff on that. Funny enough, I was at a wedding where um the couple came out at the reception to this song i just remember like listening to it, i was like this is the most balling thing ever like this is so dope and they came out like and they were like miming the words and like dancing along to it i just like this is this is brilliant this is so brilliant so yeah yeah um so yeah players ball by outcast from southern playlistic cadillac music and that's going to do it for this episode of by the time you hear this and thank you again for listening peace man the scene was so thick low rise 77 severe l dog them but them blacks all the players all the hustlers i'm talking about a black man having here you know what i'm saying 
It's beginning to look a lot like wood. Follow my every step. Take notes on how I crept. I was about to go in depth. This is the way I creep my season. Here's my get to rep. I kept to say the least. No, no, it can't cease. So I began to piece my two and two together. Got no snowy weather. Have to find something to do better. Bet I said some time, so shut up that. Nonsense about some solid, solid. I got sick, crunk if it ain't real, ain't right. I'm like, no matter what the season, forever chill with Smith. I said my fifth. I chill with Wes and got my reason. So tell me, what did you expect? 